You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleveland, Texas and meets on Sundays. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleveland.com. He was taught to me growing up. I, I was taught differently by my mom and dad. And I could tell I was taught differently by the way that our world acts. I was taught that if I saw a problem, it was my job not to complain about it, but to fix it. If there was an issue that needed to happen, I was to fix it. And especially when it came to the church, I didn't get up. There was rarely a Sunday that I got up and went to church that I didn't do something. In fact, before I left the house, I was not only leading the youth praise and worship team, but I was playing in both adult services. And on the Sundays that I didn't play, oftentimes they'd wake me up early in the morning because somebody would call in sick. And there was one time that I walked in the first service and they said, hey, we don't have a drummer. And I just played off the cuff in the first service. But you know what I did? I didn't complain. That's what you do. You serve the Lord. And my mom always used to tell me, God gave you these musical talents, and if you don't use them for him, he's going to take them away. Right? I mean, and that was a bit, you know, <laughs> but she meant it. Right? <laughs> so these Lord, the Lord's given you some talent. And if we don't use it for him, he will take it. But far too often in this world that we live in, we think the Lord gave us the spiritual gift of criticism. We like to criticize each and everything that we see. And social media has made that worse because we have all those keyboard warriors that go and visit the new coffee place in Cleburne. Let me tell you what they did here, right? If you've ever been on Cleburne Nights Talking or even better, Cleburne Nights Talking After Dark, you know, <laughs> you, you have all the elites, I use in quotes, very, you know, I'm, God's working on my heart, but... <laughs> We have a bunch of critics. And guys, I wrote this intro before this event happened. Did you know we had a protester at our trunk or treat event? Protester. Did you know I had somebody call me the next day to complain how awful the event was? (laughs) So fun. I just blessed her and said, you know, there's so many good churches in Cleveland. You should go find one. Uh, And... Because apparently we're not it. (laughs) But that's... we're, We're a team. And that's... Some people think that God has given them the gift to fix everything. But what I think God is telling us is sometimes God gives you or notice, you notice something wrong in our town. You notice some, something wrong in our church because he's called you to fix it. One thing I say with my staff is don't bring me a criticism if you're not going to bring me a solution. Because a solution is constructive, a critique is destructive. And all we're, all we're here to is, is build things up. And I can see in our culture, we've taken criticism to another level. But guys, our culture is critical. But we are more likely to complain about a problem than to bring a solution. But guys, here's what I know. The church has gone through the most difficult two and a half years that it's ever experienced before. And I can guarantee you what the church, and I'm talking the church as a whole, big C church, what it doesn't need from its people right now is criticism. 
It needs the army of the church, that's you, to rise up and make the church what it can be. Because guys, if we don't do that, you're going to see church as you know it cease to exist. And guys, if you don't believe me, there is a historical church in Cleburne that it's, it, it had been in Cleburne for many, 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 many years, closed down this year. So if you don't think that's going to happen, it's already happening. But it's going to take God's people to rise up and be the church. So this morning, if you're taking notes, the title of my message is, what is our responsibility as the church? What is our responsibility as the church? Now, if you hadn't figured it out yet, you're the church. Yes, we meet together and have church once a week, but we are the church. So if you have your Bibles, grab them. I'm going to start in Acts chapter 2. If you don't have your Bible, don't worry about it. Scan the QR code. I know you're tired of those, but hey, it's the best way to get it in your hand. The QR code there in the chair in front of you and get the Hope Church app. The Hope, the Church Center app, excuse me. The Church Center app is your lifeline. Everything that is going on in the church is on the Church Center app. So before you were critical, before you ask a question, look and make sure it's not in the Church Center app because the pastor that you're texting is probably going to go, it's been in your app for weeks. And if it hasn't, then we messed up. Okay. And then you were the one that God sent us to make sure that it gets in the app. Amen. Okay. And so get there. But this, if this is your first time with us at Hope Church, we are so, so, so glad that you chose to worship with us today. Hey, make sure you go see him out at the Welcome Center. They've got a gift for you. It's a cup. It's a nice little tumbler. Uh, I think that's what they call those cups now. Is that a tumbler? Somebody help me. Anyway, okay, great. Thanks for being there for me. Uh, it's a what? It's a stadium cup. Still more confused than I was before. And so it's got Hope Church on it. It's great. Second time, go see them uh, out at the Welcome Center as well. They've got a t-shirt for you on your third time. I want to encourage you. There's two next steps. Number one, there's a Are You New Here dinner. You get to come on a Wednesday and have dinner. I think it's in a couple weeks with the staff on November 16th. Uh, you can sign up for that on the QR code. If you're technologically challenged, go see them out at the Welcome Center. They'll help you. Also, the next step after that is Hope Connect. You can find out what we're all about as a church, what we believe, how you can get connected, find out about the small groups. You can also sign up for that on the QR code. But if you have any trouble with anything, we've got a lot of skilled people out at the Welcome Center and they would love to help you in any way possible. One thing I wanted to highlight is in two Sundays, we're going to have a baptism service. So if you would like to be baptized and you have not yet done so, go to the app have I hammered the app enough? Go to announcements and then go click on the graphic for baptism. There is a, gra there is a link there that will take you to a form. Fill that out. One of our pastors will get you set up for baptism in two weeks. I believe it's November, whatever, two weeks from now. November, I think it's 12th maybe? 13th? What's wrong? It's like made new. Made new. Yes, sir. That's you. Made new. Made new is the baptism graphic. All right. Let's get into it. Acts chapter 2. What is our responsibility as the church? Acts chapter 2, verse 45. And they were selling their possessions and belonging and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. So our first responsibility as the church is, number one, to take care of those in need. Take care of those in need. God has called us 
as the church to be generous. But here's the problem. We have given that right or given that responsibility and duty, we've given that away to the government. In America, the church was not being the church, so they had to develop the wealth, the welfare state that we have now. Why? Because the church was not rising up and taking care of business. If the church was the church taking care of those in need, then we would not need the government to do so. But we've usurped that authority to the government. But guys, we are called to take care of those in need. And a lot of people come to me and say, well, pastor, you talk about tithing all the time. Tithing is not very New Testament, okay? Well, let's talk about New, New Testament tithing. It just showed you right here. Did you notice? Go back to 45. It says, and they, sold, they, they were selling their possessions. They sold all that they had, put it in a pool, and distributed it to the poor as they had need. Would you like to be Old Testament, give 10%, or New Testament, give everything to the church? Which one would you like? A lot of Old Testament hands in this place I see today, right? Okay, so, so let's, let's be careful. What, what it's telling us is that we're called to give, even sometimes when it's not there. It reminded me of a story. Many of you, some of you know that about three or four, it's about four years ago now, it seems like crazy, that we built the middle building, which is our kids' building. Now, it took our overall, we were so blessed with this property. We were not in a whole lot of money on this property. We were so blessed. Our mortgage was about $1,500 on this property when we moved here. But when we added the kids' building, it added our monthly mortgage. It was going to go up from $1,500 to $4,700. That's a big jump, right? Now, it is what it is. We had to do it, but... Initially, it was great. We were able to pay the bills. But just like anything, once the new wears off, you know, your kids ever get toys and it's their favorite toy for about a week and then you find it in the trash can or, or in their room or in the middle of it, it. The new wears off and people forget, oh yeah, we have to pay for this building. And so we had started falling behind on our mortgage and we were, we were behind on our mortgage to the tune about $12,000. Dollars, And this was 2019. We were about $12,000 behind. And we take the week off here at the church. The church offices are closed the week of Thanksgiving so that our staff can spend time with their family. So you know me, I'm a doer. So if I'm not at work, about 1 a.m., I got to solve the world's problems. Any of those people out there? 1 a.m., we're solving everything. And I'm standing up and I'm praying. I'm, I'm saying, Lord, how are we going to fix this $12,000? You know, me and the Lord, we talk about that, talk like this. Just, I warn you, you could talk to God like this, but he will talk in the same way back to you. Just letting you know. And, and he came back to me. He said, okay, here's how we're going to fix this problem. I want you to make a food pantry. Listen, Lord, okay? I was saying we need money, not to spend more money on something else, right? It's not what I asked for. He said, okay, great. Make a food pantry. Make a food pantry that's always open, that no matter what happens, somebody can run by and get food. So I went back to the drawing board. I'm like, well, I don't have any money in the budget anywhere, so I don't know how I'm going to do it. He just says, raise it. So I do what any self-respecting -respect, pastor does. I started Giving Tuesday campaign on Facebook. Amen? Right? And, and, I, and I set the goal for $1,000. I just put out there, hey, I'd like to have a 24-7 food pantry out in front of the church. 
In two days, I raised $2,000. So we built the pantry, and we stocked it. But you know what? <laughs> After that, that money ran out pretty quick because I found out that there was way more need in our town than I ever thought. We couldn't keep the thing full. In fact, I figured out real quick in about two months, we're going to have to make this thing bigger, which costs more money, which I go back to the Lord and say, listen, I did all you asked me to do, and we're still $12,000 behind. And he said, hold up, I got this. I don't do hold up, I got this well. Okay, I like answers now. Right yesterday is when I want answers, okay? So, one Sunday, an amazing gentleman, still part of our church, came to me. He wouldn't want me to point him out, so I'm not going to. He came to me and said, Pastor, I have a check for you. It's a very specific amount. It may mean nothing to you, but it's exactly the amount God told me. Now, it could have been $1.26 for all I know. So I took it from him, said thank you. I didn't open it in front of him because I was taught that was rude. Uh, so I opened it later. I went to my office later on and I opened it up. You want to guess how much it was? $12,000 wow. from one person. And God wiped it out in January of 2020. Right before a global pandemic. You think we could have easily made up $12,000 in the middle of a global pandemic? Absolutely not. We couldn't have. But the Lord sustained us and, we, and he provided for us. You know why? You know why he did that? Because we were faithful to do what he asked. If we take care of those in need, if we take care of his church, his bride. Guys, you serve a generous God. A God that will bless even a closed-fisted, poverty-driven mentality. Now, guys, I'm not saying, hear me today. I'm not saying tithe and you're going to get, uh, I can't think of a good car right now. I was going to say a Volkswagen, but it's not really, that's not really a good car. <laughs> tithe and you'll get a Volkswagen, right? I need to work on this preaching thing. It's new to me. But, you know, I'm not saying tithe and money's going to fall out of heaven. What I am saying is if we are faithful to do what God asks us to do, he will be faithful in return to us. Amen. And I'm not saying somebody's going to show up at your house with a $12,000 check to make up your deficit. But what I am saying is God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Amen. If we do what he has called us to do. Amen. So Hebrews 13, verse 1, this is where my second point is. It says, let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. The second thing we're called to do as the church is number two, reach out to our neighbors. Reach out to our neighbors. Guys, we are called to host and be loving to our neighbors. Guys, I grew up in the, in the day and age where if people moved into your neighborhood, my mom would make cookies and send me to someone's house and said, hello, my mom, Mariana, she sent me over with cookies to say welcome to the neighborhood. And they go, oh, you're sweet, sweet. And they would invite us in the house, give us a cookie, then we'd go home. It was safe to do those things back then. It's not safe to do those things anymore. Uh, but we knew our neighbors. I knew my next door neighbor. He was a great big fat guy that wore a turquoise Buddha every day. I'm not making this up. But he was good. He was a nice guy. But if he saw me messing around, you know what he'd do? He'd set me straight. 
And I played with neighborhood kids, and I, we knew their parents, we knew their family, and we shared Jesus with those people. Right. Did you know it's your responsibility? You are the primary growth agent of this church, not the staff, not the elders, not the directors. You are the primary growth agent of this church. It's our job as the leadership of the church to empower you, to empower the gifts that God has inside of you to go and do the work. If the church was full of people that said, you know what, I'm going to love my neighborhood and I'm going to love my neighbors, this church would be so full, I couldn't build it big enough. But that's what you're called to do. But I think sometimes we come to church and we look at the pastor and go, grow the church. When it's my job to empower you to grow the church. And we have some great people here at Hope Church. We have some great people that, that once they find out how awesome Hope Church is, they invite all of their families and all their friends. But is there somebody that you need to get saved and bring them into this place? Notice I said, get them saved and bring them in. It's, it's not always pastor's job to share Jesus with them. If you live your life, you share Jesus with them every day. Now, I do this in my neighborhood. We've got, we've got to my, to my, if you're looking from my house to my left, we have a widow lady. She's, she, she doesn't have a husband. Uh, and I tell her, anytime you need anything, I'm here. Uh, and she's always reluctant to ask me to do anything. But if she needs something, you know what? I'm there. To our right, we have a home uh, that has special need adults. And, you know, there's, there's often times that, that I'll find one of them out and need something and I, I'll help them. And, and, you know, that's what we're here to do. But we've lost the art of being neighborly. We lost the art of just loving someone without getting anything in return. And I think we've lost that art as Christ followers that our world can see through. If you're loving them with an agenda, they can see right through that. And we're called to reach our community with the love of Jesus. You know, we've been talking about our vision here at Hope Church. First week was transforming lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. The second week was growing individuals in a deeper walk with him. And this week is reaching our community with the love of Jesus. That's what we're called to do. And so let's go to this last part. It's in James if you ever need to wrap up a sermon series, James is where you want to land because James will kick you in the teeth every day. And if you've ever read James, you don't want to talk about it. If you've read James, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Verse 26, if anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Then it goes on to tell us something else. If we don't do our religion, it's worthless. 27, religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this. To visit the orphan and the widow in their affliction, affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. The third thing that we are called to do as the church is to care for those who cannot care for themselves. We are called to care for those who cannot care for themselves. It's pretty clear it says, if you want to prove that you are a Christian, take care of those that cannot take care of themselves. Take care of those that are unloved and unreached, even when you receive nothing in return. And guys, I think we expect God's grace to be poured out upon us, but yet 
we turn our eye and tell God why he can't pour his grace out on other people. Guys, there's nothing that we've done. There's nothing that I've done. There's nothing that any of us have done to deserve the love of God. All you are called to do is to share that grace that you didn't deserve either with everybody else. You're not called to fix people. You're not called to tell them why their lives are incorrect. What we're called to do is love them and allow the Holy Spirit to work. Because here's what I can guarantee you. As 10 years as your, your preacher, if we preach the word, the Holy Spirit will fix everything else. Because yes. people can see, hey, my life doesn't line up with what the preacher's talking about. It never fails. People will see, I'll, I'll preach a marriage series and people that need to get married, get married. It's amazing how that works. Because they figure out, hey, if I want a relationship that's right with Jesus, I got to get right with Jesus. And it's amazing how if we allow the Holy Spirit to do the work, it's amazing how he does it. Wives, husbands, I can guarantee you the Holy Spirit is not in your elbow. You know what I mean? If you elbow to the ribs, the ears shut down. Allow the Holy Spirit to do it. If your spouse is not doing something that you want them to do, pray for them. Allow the Holy Spirit to work. If your boss is not doing something that you want them to do, pray for them and allow the Holy Spirit to work. Amen. Back to the criticism. We like to be the biggest critic when sometimes we're called to be the biggest prayer warrior. So this morning, what are our transformational moments? You know, I used to say, what does this mean for us? But I want to be consistent with our vision. We're called to transform lives by the power of the Holy Spirit, grow individuals with a deeper walk with God, and reach our community with the love of Jesus. So today, what I want to talk about is what are the moments of transformation that you can have this morning? I want to encourage you first and foremost, if you missed any of the weeks of this vision series, I want you to go back the, next, the, la the last two weeks. I talked about this. It's on YouTube and it's on podcasts. It's on your app. You can find it anywhere. Go and catch those messages because this is really the heart of what we are as a church. And I, I believe if you want to catch what we're doing here at Hope Church, you have to catch these messages. So this morning, what are our transformational moments? Number one, are you generous? Guys, you cannot be a Christ follower that serves the same God that I serve if you are not generous. I praise God that he is open-handed in how he gives to me. And we think generosity is just money. It's not just money. In fact, there's so much in your life, there's so much happiness, there's so no, many great things in your life that money can never buy. If you don't believe me, just lose a loved one. No money can ever buy back the time that you have with them. Amen. And you'd take, you'd give away all the money in the world just to have more time with them. Amen. You know, deer season started this last weekend. You know who, who used to always take me deer hunting? My grandpa. You know who's not here with me anymore? My grandpa. But you know what? He passed those things down to me to pass down to my son. I'd like to say, Paul, Paul, Noah shot more deer than I did. So anyway, you taught me well. <laughs> 
but I got a better record. You know, we're competitive here at the Barb family, but I'd give you all the money in the world to have one more deer hunt with him. Money's not everything, but we serve a generous God that causes, calls us to be open-handed with our lives. Number two, are you hospitable? Are you someone that people like to be around? Or are you that one friend that, that anytime they open their mouth, everybody in the room's like, here we go again. And if you don't have a friend like that, you might be that friend. Um, so I want you to examine your heart today during the altar time. That might be you. Uh, but are you hospitable? Are you someone that loves people unconditionally? Or are you the Facebook trolls? Tell everybody how you can do their job so much better, but yet never leave your house. Yes, I'm a little sore. It's been a rough week for me. Okay, pray for me. Number three, do you have pure, undefiled religion? What's pure, undefiled religion? Take care and love those who cannot do that themselves. And guys, the Bible talks specifically about the widow and orphan. I think you could very easily put in that as well, those that don't know Jesus, because they don't know what they don't have. So today, I want to kind of have an all-in moment. I want to have an all-in moment with you. I want to ask you, are you all in here at Hope Church? And there's three areas that I want you to be all in. Number one, your time. Are you taking time to be here and to be a part? Guys, I know your time is probably the most valuable treasure that you have. But are you taking time to be here, to be present with us and make a difference? Number two, are you, sell, are you sharing your talent? Time, talent. You know, one thing... I hope that you notice is I get up here and I play guitar. Why? I'm giving my talent back to the Lord. Do I have 800 other things to be doing as a pastor other than playing the guitar? You're absolutely right, I do. But you know what? The Lord has given me those talents, so I need to give them back to him. This is for me. It's not for you. This is to remind me where all that comes from. It's not for you. Are you giving the Lord a portion of your talents? And number three, are you giving the Lord a portion of your treasure? You know, everybody's like, preacher, you're stepping in the middle of my wallet right now and I don't like it. Good. Many experts will say the last idol that we give up in our hearts, the last thing we lay down in our walk with God is our wallet because it's the one thing we can control the most. We think it's in control sometimes, and a lot of times it's not. So I might have the ushers pass out these cards. Now, everybody needs a card, so don't just take one, pass it down. Don't skip. If you don't need one, it's fine. But everyone, I want everyone to have this in their hand, because I want everybody to have an opportunity to respond today. Y'all be nice to my ushers. Take one, pass it down. On this front side, we talked about time. You've given your time. You're here today. Thank you. Thank you for giving your time. You know, you being here today encourages me. 
It encourages me in your walk with God. The second part is your talent. So on the first part, are you wanting to serve? Here, are, here is a list. We put together a list of all the areas to serve in the church. Now here's what I encourage people. Try some things out and see what works. You know, many people say, well, pastor, what if I make coffee and I'm terrible at it? Everybody will let you know and we'll find you another place. We promise, okay? What if I get in the toddler room and I have a panic attack? Okay, we don't want you to have a panic attack, so we'll move you somewhere else. But you know, there's people, a lot of people say, well, I don't, you know, I don't know that I'm called to be with kids. There's, there's people that are called to be with kids and we need them. It reminds me, Melanie's in this service. I'm going to brag on her. She's going to be mad at me later, but she'll get over it. Uh, Melanie is so good with babies. Every stinking one of my kids, they wouldn't go to anybody, but they'd go to Melanie. And they'd fall asleep in her arms every Sunday morning. And, and trust me, preacher's kids, they got it rough. They got to get up early. They got to stay for all the services, whether they like it or not. But Melanie was there and loved and cared for those kids. Those are the type of people that make a difference. Melanie is holding kiddos that will make a difference for the rest of the world. And she's sharing Jesus that way. And we need those type of people. We don't need the people that are back there and like, with kids. We need the Melanies. Right? That, that's me. That's me. That's, I mean, I'm back there going, sit down. Be quiet. Let's go to the playground. Right? That's me. <laughs> They always have me watch the kids on <laughs> women's nights. And all. Let's go to the playground. <laughs> and I put up all these areas to serve. There's different areas. Now, name. You know your name. I don't need to tell it to you. Best form of contact. If it's a phone number, put text or call. If it's an email, we know to email. But give us our best form of contact. Don't make my staff chase you around. Okay. They got a lot of things to do and they have a lot of people that are going to respond today. Give them their best form of contact. I promise we won't spam you. We'll call you once and if you don't call us back, we'll play that we'll, we'll heap burning coals on your head until the, the presence of God makes you call us back. Amen? You didn't like that, did you? Okay. But I liked it. Uh, so put your best form of contact in an area that you're interested in serving. Listen, if you're not, if you don't know, it's okay. It's okay to not know. I have one of the staff, we'll call you, we'll learn a little bit about what, you, and we'll make some suggestions, we'll tell you where you can try some things, and we'll find what makes your heart come alive. That's what we're here to do. So, that's the front side. The back side is the side you don't want to talk about, but it's my job to talk about it. If you don't tithe at Hope Church, I'd like to give you a challenge, and this is the best challenge you're ever going to get. It's the 90-day giving challenge. I'm saying, John's shaking his head because he did it. If you, if you don't believe me, talk to John. He'll tell you, okay? And I've got stories of stories of people that tell you that did the 90-day challenge, got, a, got all kinds of good stuff. But So the 90-day challenge is you tithe. You give 10% for 90 days. If you don't see, if you don't see the Lord move in your finances, We'll give you your money back. You're not going to get a better. You're not going to get a better deal than that. And I'll tell you, as your preacher, ten years, no one's ever asked for their money back. 
And actually, of all the pastors that I know, I only know of one person that ever had someone come back. They had lost their job at the end of the 90 days. And the church got to invest in them. And now they still tithe. And it was an opportunity for the church to be the church and love on them. God worked it out anyway. LifeGate and Burleson, Pastor Chad, if you don't believe me, call me. Call him. Don't call him. Just email him. But in fact, don't bother him. Leave him alone. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to give you a moment. The Lord's asking you to respond today. There's some of you out there that, that come to church every Sunday, that give your 10%, that serve. I want to say thank you. This isn't for you today. You are the heroes. You are the MVP of Hope Church. We would not exist without your tithe. We would not exist without your talents. We would not exist without your time. And I want you to know that I appreciate you. And the back, the, the backbone of this church is you amazing people. My hope this morning is to add more amazing people to that MVP crew. And so, I'm going to give you a moment. Pastor Mo, Pastor Mo's set in the mood. I want you to ask the Lord what he wants you to do today.